It is the Brotherly Love Podcast, back for another weekly episode. You can thank the birds for that, keeping us consistent. I'm Joe O'Donnell. Of course, John Mita always joining me for this epic ride. Johnny Mita, the birds are 3-0. The Phillies are falling apart. How the hell are you? Doing well. It was, uh, it was nice to reclaim Washington Stadium as our home away from home, as yeah. birds fans traveled in great numbers. Uh, just to own that stadium and actually own the Washington Commanders. And so that was fantastic. The Phillies are leaking oil like no other. I mean, they look like a 1979 Ford Tempo right now. I mean, they are just – I don't know, man. It's not looking good. I mean, they have, what, eight, eight, nine games left? They probably have to go six and three or five and four. Or, I don't know. It's just not good. John, but- yeah. The Phillies had 11 hits last night. They scored two runs. That's hard to do, like literally, mathematically, yeah, and in baseball numbers. That's hard to do. And it's – Joe, it's kind of been an ongoing theme for this baseball team for like the last five years. I mean, how many times are we going to be like, well, this is how many runs left in scoring position? It yeah. just happens all the time. Well, Way listen, too much. I, I'll say this, uh, and this came up on a, in a text thread with some of the uh, BL podcast supporters, some of the crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, Finnegan, Carlisle, and myself have a very, very heavy Phillies thread. Um, okay. That can be outlandish, certainly. Um, <laughs> but it was brought up uh, maybe a week or so ago. Like, how about a little small ball? And, and honestly, last night's That's prime it. example. I had the leadoff runner on in like four straight innings. At some point when nobody can get a big hit, you know they're in a hockey term, be squeezing their sticks a little bit. Like, why not move a runner along? I mean, the only they got a run on an RBI ground out from Harper, and the other run they got was when Schwarber stole third base because nobody's paying attention to him. Like a little heads up, small ball occasionally. Maybe somebody can get a sack fly. Maybe somebody come up with it. They're not hitting for any power, so at least if you have a guy on second, a single might score. So uh, they got to do something, man. They got to do a quick. About to be swept by the Cubs, not only in the series but potentially the season series, um, it's not good, man. They look – they don't have good body language. Their attitudes aren't very positive. Uh, I think they've lost 9 to 12, and it's almost well, like the pressure's getting to them. Well, and you had your two best pitchers. You had Wheeler and Nola give, like, pretty good performances, yep. not letting up a lot of runs. And then the bullpen becomes an issue again. But I think I think the one word for me that comes to mind with this baseball team is analytics. It's just screwing them from being able to do the small ball type things. Everyone is so focused on certain things that analytics provides. And a lot of times it takes it completely takes away the feel of the game. Just like small ball, like any baseball team, whether you're playing little league, whether you're playing at the college level or even at the major league level. Teams that, that find a way to get it done can, can score in many different facets. Yeah, fundamental baseball. Right. I mean, look at look at the OA, you know, look at the World Series team for the Phillies. Yeah, did they have some mashers? But there was always, you know, I heard Charlie Manuel on today on 97.5. They always had ways to, to get people home and to to play a little small ball, get that slab single, steal a base, you know, move somebody over, do a sacrifice but just the little things to to win yeah. these these games that are so imperative in order to make the playoffs. Yeah, you get you get into September, John Mita. You get into pressure cooker time. You get into the cold winter months, uh, you know, like in April when it's it's usually slower. 
uh, not so much Charlie Manuel hitting season. You get into September, the fans are wearing long sleeves. Like it's chilly at those ballparks. It's not as easy to get the ball out of the ballpark. And you got to, like you said, find other ways to produce. And I thought when Rob Thompson came in, this team, you know, took over, this team seemed to be more active on the base pass. I don't have the numbers to back it up, but it seemed like on a nightly basis they were swiping bags. I don't see as much of that right now. And, and that could be frustrating. Just lack of confidence. Yeah. It's yep. very frustrating. Yeah. Nobody wants to make a mistake and they're sort of playing tentative. And when you're doing that, you certainly don't give yourself a chance to win. So we'll see if they can figure it out. I mean, this would be like, it's almost mind boggling to me. Like last night, as I was sitting there watching that game unfold, watching another loss unfold, and I'm just like, I was almost numb to like, you're going to tell me that there's going to be, like, I don't, I don't want April to come around if this team misses the playoffs. I don't, because it's yeah. just going to mean another, like, 162-game marathon with the same crap. Like, at what point will the fan base believe if they don't make it this year? You know, they're exactly. going to kill themselves at the box office. They're going to kill themselves with buds in the city, the media coverage. People are just going to be turned off because this will be another September failure. Now, the other teams weren't nearly as good as this one, and the other teams didn't have a lead for a playoff spot, and the other teams didn't have the benefit of a third wild card. Like, this one will sting the most if they screw this up. Well, and then and then you might have to look at the future Rob Thompson. You know, early on did such a great job, but another collapse. Is that his fault? Is the player's fault? Who knows? But, yeah, it's uh, – you know, hopefully Milwaukee just throws up on themselves and just we get in through and well, just because I think it's so important for them to get in just for the players that have never played in the postseason. Your JT Real Mutos, your Gene Segueras, like just to give them a little taste because to have a taste of the playoffs is going to give them motivation moving forward to like just like that feeling like, oh, OK, this is what it felt like. Wow. The atmosphere, the electricity. Um, the way the city was all charged up, we want this again. So I'm going to work my ass off in the offseason to get better and, and make the people better around me and so that we can go for another run. But, John yeah. Mita, I'm yep. going to hold your feet to the fire here mm-hmm. because next time we come on, baseball season could be over. Do the Phillies mm-hmm. get in or not? I think they get in. It's going to happen on the last day of the season. They're going to have to beat the Astros. And, and guess who closes for the Astros or is at least part of their bullpen? Who's that? Hector Naris. Oh, boy. Uncle I don't Naris. know if he closes for them, but nah, I yeah. saw somebody he, tweet yesterday that they might have yeah. to endorse Cesar Hernandez with 10 hits uh, in this weekend series against the Nationals, and then they might have to score a run against Hector Naris in game 162 to get in. <laughs> it's a pretty not. good tweet. Um, yeah. I, I'll say this. They've played so well against those god-awful Nationals all year long that I think just play uh, – look, the Cubs, for whatever reason, seem to have the number. We'll see what happens today. They got to win today. They, they got to win today. today. They do have they to win have today. They to win today. Or, or they'll be, they could be chasing. They could be out of a playoff spot by the time most of our avid listeners check out this wonderful podcast. Plain That's and simple. It. So I think they go and take care of business against the Nationals and that at least gives them – you know, they're in the driver's seat going to that a weekend in Houston. Yeah. yeah. And I saw today that Dusty Baker said he's playing his regulars. Today is the last day off he's given any of his regulars because he wants them huh. playing against playoff-type teams like the Phillies. He said for the integrity of the game, he owes it to baseball, essentially, to have his guys playing that last series. So, 
Um, Astros aren't folding up the tent, at least from their manager's perspective. We'll see what their players think about it well, the if they put any effort. Here's the other thing that factors in with this, you know, and, you know, thoughts and prayers with all the people in Florida right now is getting absolutely destroyed by Hurricane Ian and everything that's going on. And hopefully we'll see humanity at its best where people come together to help one another out. But who knows if the rain's going to change the series, you know, the do- in Washington. I mean, right. there's certain a possibility they might have to go two double headers or something. Right. Just to get the games in. So that's going to be something to look at, too, considering, you know, the Phillies are essentially on the road the next, what, eight games, nine games. Yeah, it's a 10-game road trip to finish the year. So, all right, I think they they figure it out against the Nationals, no matter the circumstances. And it all comes down to that weekend in Houston. And, uh, you know, if the Brewers play a game or so above 500, which I think they will, because uh, I think they have the Reds coming up. They stink. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, you know, it's on the Phillies. You know, they, they pissed away this lead that they had. And now it's yep. going to be, you know, you're not backing in. You got to win. So we'll see if they get it done. Uh, I pray to God they do because I, I just can't, I can't handle. Yeah, what was, what was the over under with Vegas for wins? Was it like it's right. Yeah. It's not, I think it was like 80. I think it was 88 or 89. I mean, it's going to be right there again. Where a week ago you would have been like, oh, the over's cashing. Yeah. And now yeah. they can't can't get out of their own way. So crazy yeah. how they always seem to be pretty pretty darn spot on uh, out there in Vegas. It's sickening. It's sickening, man. All right, brother. Yeah. Birds right. are three and zero. Oh. There were ten minutes on the fills for all you fighting fans. Um, yeah. <laughs> Birds are three and zero, oh, and uh, Poopy Peterson comes to town this weekend. We'll get there in a minute. But you have been the prediction machine, John Mita, particularly the last two weeks, calling decisive Eagles victories. Um, what'd you like most about the win over Carson Wentz and the Washington well, football well, team think, commander Redskins? Yeah, I mean, the, the biggest thing that stood out to me, and I've been killing them all year, is the defensive line finally stepped up and did their job. To get nine sacks, not having to... You know, the defensive coordinator didn't have to bring any linebackers. He didn't have to blitz any safeties, corners. You know, the front four just got it done, and they were eating. They were feasting on that line. And listen, they're the highest-paid defensive line in all of football, so we expect these type of results. Now, did we expect nine sacks? Absolutely not. Now Thank we you, Carson. Yeah. Carson's got a little to do with that. He, he pauses. He holds. He, he waits. He waits. He, he sees ghosts. Football. Yeah, he sees ghosts. So, yeah, and that was great. So, and right now they have 12 sacks. I think that last year they were like, what? They finished like 29th in the league with 30 sacks on the entire season. I mean, we're through three games and they're <laughs> they're making moves. But that was great to see. Um, just, it was great to see Brandon Graham yes. have an unbelievable game. Considering, listen, when you get older – First of all, coming back from any Achilles injury, I don't care if you're 21 years old, 18 years old, or 55 or 70 years old. That is a difficult injury to come back from. And to play at a high level, he was extraordinary. We got to see some returns from Hassan Reddick. He stepped in. It's like, okay, this is why we paid you that type of money. Uh, The cornerbacks, Slay and Bradbury, were fantastic, incredible. But um, to me, to look at the offensive side of the ball, what more can you say about Jalen Hurts? Just another stepping stone game for him. Some Again, some of the throws that he is making this year has just been remarkable. And his stats, I mean, 
The guy has seven total touchdowns. I think he has, what, four touchdown passes, three rushing, 916 or 17 yards through the air and like 170 run. I mean, he is doing it on all levels. He was named Offensive Player of the Month. And the confidence is growing. But the thing that I love about this kid is he stays grounded and he knows he can get better. And and he's kind of his persona or his attitude is really wearing off on the team. And I really like what I'm seeing. But the play, the throw he made to Devontae Smith at the end of the half, I'm like, dude, get the field goal. I mean, I'm screaming at my TV. I'm like, dude, get the field goal. You know, let's take these points, man. This is, and then next thing you know, didn't even have the play call. He just went upon himself, made the play call. You talked about, I mean, you had a discussion, the back shoulder throw he made to A.J. Brown on the slant route, not to give the defender any semblance of trying to pick that ball off. It's yep. just his decision-making has been great. He is He's maturing before our eyes. And, listen, we can all pray, and we want to see the consistency on a base, on, a, on an every-week basis. But I'll tell you what. It would be remarkable if we found our franchise quarterback because then we could just keep loading up the cannon as far as collecting more assets to make this football team younger, stronger, and better. And I'm just and, – and I give it up to the coaches. I give it up to – hate to say it again. This is going to be two weeks in a row, but I don't mind saying it. But, you know, Jonathan Gannon with another good defensive game plan, you know, they held two teams in a row. They're only giving up 11 points a game throughout the course of the season. Now, I'm Detroit – hung 30 points on them. But again, I think part of that was them not tackling in the preseason. But all in all, I, I like what I see so far. What are your thoughts on all performance against the We Are the Shamanders? Well, I got two I got two words for you, John Meta. Yeah. Deep shots. Yeah. I love the fact that this offense is taking deep shots down the field. I love it. Me too. And we've seen it now multiple times, multiple weeks. It keeps the defense honest. Would I love to see a little bit more running game? Yes. Do we all want to see them score some in the second half to maybe put a team away? Yes. But this football team right now is pretty darn balanced. The quarterback seems in control. We always know he can break contain and break down a defense with his legs if he needs to. But he's using all of his weapons. Everybody's involved. You get a little sprinkle from Pascal every now and then. I'd like to see Quez maybe uh, get off that. Uh, what do you have? What, you know the touchdown catch against the Vikings. He hasn't done much else otherwise. I'd like to see Goddard get some more love. But look, there's only one football to go around. So this team is is they look good, man. They look good, and the defense for me are what separates this offense. From years past, obviously, A.J. Brown's a big part of that, too. But I think they can beat you in multiple ways. And so that, for me, was awesome uh, to see again against Washington. Love seeing Carson Wentz just eat the turf. Um, he deserved it, quite frankly. I'm sure the defensive line just absolutely had the best plane ride back or the train ride back from Washington after that one. And I'm excited for Sunday. Um, and so let's turn, our, let's turn our attention there, John Mita, because I don't think sure. we can say much else. About a three and zero start. Other than damn, it's it's nice to see people are starting to get on the train as far as this team being legit. And I love your point about the two first round picks. Uh, I know you said you were thinking defensive line and cornerback. You know, as you mm-hmm. look at the future, 
I'm thinking running back and cornerback as a look to the future because I don't know if Miles Sanders could be on this team pass this year, but uh, I digress. Well, I, from that. I hear you with the running back is that is the one position though you can pluck people in later rounds where you don't have yep. to pay them. So, but I'm again if you if you added a world class running back to what the talent, the youth on this team with the weaponry they have right now, I mean. Yeah, I mean that would be outright scary. I I, I agree with that point. Uh, um, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll go to you first, sure, because uh, I might need a dog again this week. Might be a little scared for Sunday. Mm-hmm. Tell me what you see. The Jaguars, um, all sure. of a sudden, you know, under Doug Peterson, they're two and one. Uh, a lot of the analysts out there that have watched their tape say they're a very good football team. Uh, apparently, mm-hmm. they have one of the best rush defenses in the NFL. What do you make of Sunday? Yeah, I mean, listen, this this is probably going to be the best opponent they've faced all year. Um, you look at Jacksonville last year, everyone, you know, the cliche term going around with all the national pundits is they have an adult as a coach, an adult in the room. Yeah. I mean, people just hated Urban Meyer. And they've surrounded Trevor Lawrence with good coaching. You have Mike McCoy, and you have some guys that have, that have coached in this league for a long time, so I'm sure he feels a lot more comfortable. Obviously, Doug Peterson – was an NFL quarterback for years for was he though? In this. Well, you know, I mean, is Chase Daniel, is Chase Daniel, Chazay's made a lot Chaze of money. Chaze I mean, Chazay's made at least fifty mil in his career as Chazay Daniel. So Chazay Danielson yeah. coming in, uh, I think he gets eight million for every touchdown pass in his career, or something like that. Something crazy, but what I do see is, listen, and they've surrounded. Um, you know, uh, Lawrence with some, uh, like, good receivers. They got Christian Kirk. He's really surprising how well he played. When they got him, they 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 uh, picked up Evan Ingram, the talented tight end from the Giants, who's kind of had some injury history, but he can flash. They get Zay Jones from the Raiders. So, And they have two good running backs. They have James Robinson, which might be the way he's playing. I don't know. We might have to throw down on comeback player of the year after his Achilles or knee injury. And then you have Travis ATM, which happened to be Trevor Lawrence's teammate at Clemson. So they have the weapons defensively. They have the number one draft pick defensive end, Trayvon Walker. He's played well. They got Josh Allen, another talented defensive end. And they might have the rookie of the year, Devin Lloyd, another linebacker that I like, Kobe Dean. He's got two interceptions, leads the team in tackles with 24. He's playing lights out out of his mind. So this is a talented football team coming can we beat them? Sure. I mean, the Jaguars, you know, basically they blanked Indianapolis. They beat them 24 nothing, And then they made a mockery, the Chargers. Now, the Chargers, you know, I will say they were a little banged up. Justin Herbert's dealing with a rib injury, and they didn't have their number one wide receiver, Keenan Allen. He was not a go. So, but this is, listen, Doug knows Philadelphia. I, I think the stadium, I, I, we're going to win the game. And I think, I, I don't know, man. I just... There's something brewing here. I think we win by 10 points. Wow. I don't think – I do. I think – listen, Jacksonville's coming off two big emotional wins. They got to go on the road again. I mean, they basically flew cross-country. Good they point. went to the road in Indianapolis, right? So there'd be yeah. three straight road games, right? They didn't play – didn't they play in Los Angeles last week? They played, sure. they played at the Chargers. That, that's one of the things I was going to bring up. I, I mean, I think that benefits yeah. Eagles, the fact that they played – on the West Coast, and they fly home. Now they're flying, yeah. uh, you know, then they got up to Philly in a hostile environment. 
it will be an emotional game for them. Obviously, they sure. know how much Doug Peterson wants this one. Um, they're yeah. going to play hard for their coach. They will be motivated. They will be yeah. ready. Will we see the Eagles? I, I know the Eagles trailed 7 nothing against the Lions. So that was very early in game one, week one. They haven't really trailed since. Will we see the Eagles trail in this game? Uh, who, who starts faster? I, I don't know. I, I think the thing with Trevor Lawrence is one thing you look at, and a lot of rookies make all these mistakes, right? They turn out to be interception machines. Now, the game seems that it has slowed down for him a little bit. But if our defensive line can put up the pressure, now they've made some change. You know, they stripped Brandon Sheriff, the talented def- or uh, the talented offensive tackle from the Commanders. They they ripped him. They they signed Alshon Robinson, another, um, you know, le- another tackle. So they made some improvements on their offensive line. But I, I think we're gonna listen. We we've, we've come out hot out of the gate every week. I, I expect the same. I mean, I think this team will feed off the crowd. Everyone knows how emotional it's going to be with Doug returning. I think he gets an ovation, and then, you know, once they strap it on and, and the first quarter gets going, that'll be it. That'll be all the praise we'll give to Doug until after. Just put other than that. But, no, I, I don't know, man. There's something brewing. This is this is the perfect opportunity for a trap, a, a perfect letdown game. But I just – I don't see it. I don't see it. I'm – We've won two road games. We've played well when they got back home against Minnesota. I don't know. I, I think we win. My prediction for the game, I'm thinking it's going to be um, – we're getting in the 30s again. I'm going to go 31-13 Eagles. Wow. Yep. All right. The Jaguars this year lost to the Commanders in D.C. With a defensive touchdown. A All defensive right. touchdown sprinkled in there. 28-22, a loss to the Commanders on the road in D.C. They shut out the Colts at home 24 nothing. They blasted the Chargers 38-10 to in L.A. So that's what they've done so far this year. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I just, I'm just a little nervous with the whole Dougie P motivating factor for this young Jaguars team. Mm-hmm. Um, I just hope the Eagles respect them. I hope the Eagles are ready. I hope the Eagles – come prepared and uh i i the eagles win this game i'll tell you they're gonna win it because of their defense they're gonna win it because of their defense offense will do its job but i think defensively you know i don't know that uh that jacksonville has taken on the eagles defense it looks you know a, a defense quite like what the eagles can boast through the first three weeks so i think they're in for a rude awakening make lawrence uh hate himself by halftime keep the crowd engaged, stay balanced, running the football, all the things we always talk about. And uh, I look for the, the birds to pull this one yeah. out. Uh, Jake Elliott with a couple of big kicks. And I think the Eagles, <laughs> although I'm a little nervous about this, I, you know, I can't predict a loss. So I'm going to go birds 24, Jaguars 20. Oh, all right. Closer than I like, especially with me attending. I'm not going to yeah, like yeah. that. But I'll make sure the six men and all the Eagles fans are going to bring it. I mean, if they were as electric as they were for Monday night and the juice will be flowing, everyone likes a good one o'clock game. We all do, yeah. especially for the people that attend them because traffic's an absolute nightmare thanks to this beautiful city of brotherly love. So, but, yeah. But um, now I think it's – listen, if they could get off to a 4-0 start, that's huge. Then they have to go to Arizona, and then they get the Cowgirls. So – it's it's imperative be great to get off to this start and and just keep building right get better and better just like yep. their mantra is 
Get 1% better. That's what he said every day. Get one. Listen, Jalen Hurts keeps playing better. This is going to be good because this is going to be one of the better defenses he places. They have two very talented defensive ends. They have a good linebacker. This is going to be t- – so this is going to be a great test for him. And, and, and let's see if he and can check the box. And let's what? not forget that Doug Peterson should know him almost as well as anybody. Well, so that's true. if there's somebody that has an edge here, I'm yeah. guessing it's Peterson – rather than the Eagles against what Peterson might try and do. But I guess we'll time will tell yeah. on Sunday. Um, yeah. Did it, you hear what Sean did you hear what Sean Payne said on Colin Callard? I thought that was pretty good. No. I don't know if you heard that. So Sean Payne, the former coach of the um, New Orleans Saints, soon to be the coach of the Los Angeles Chargers or the Dallas Cowboys next year. But he basically said that he believes Jalen Hurts is a rock. He's like, we're seeing it right now. And he was like, I just saw him. I saw him play last year. Obviously, they played against him. Jalen's done well against his teams. But he was like, there was a moment when he assistant coach, I think it was the offensive coordinator for the New York Giants at the time when Pars, uh, when, I don't know, when Parcells, I guess, was coaching. Yep. But he said that he said that we saw Donovan McNabb come of age. He was never just couldn't get over the hump against us, and then he brought his team back and won a game. And he goes, that's the moment I knew that he was going to be a really good quarterback in this league. And he goes, right now, what you're seeing from Jalen Hurts, he has found something. You know, we were high on him coming out. We just didn't think that maybe he could play at this level. And he goes, but he believes he's arrived. So for that to come from Sean Payton, who's pretty much one of the best offensive minds in the last, I don't know, 15 years in all of the NFL – um, that's pretty great high praise, and and let's see if we can keep it going. And on uh, that, some other national pundit praise. Keyshawn Johnson has A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith as his number one wide receiver tandem in the NFL. All right. I like that. I like that. Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, too. Uh, he had Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, three. I forget who he said four and five. Let me ask well, one last thing, John Mead. I know you got to spread sure. the love before we wrap this up. The reception sure. for Dougie P, your thoughts on Poopy Peterson now sure. that he's gone, been out of football for a year and back coach. Sure. Listen, how, how do we not praise Doug? You know, he's the only coach that brought the trophy here. So he I, thought, I thought Nick Foles brought the trophy, but continue. Go ahead. Well, you know, it was a combination. That's why there's a statue of the two of them. Apparently that they moved somewhere within the, outside the state. Now, I don't know where they moved it, but apparently it's been moved somewhere. But, no, I, th- I think he gets a standing ovation. I, I don't think they'll boo him. Listen, we're really not in the – I mean, we boo some coaches. You know, it depends. Like, if Doug gets fired up because he thinks there was, like, a bad penalty called or something like that, he might get some boos. But if he gets introduced as the head coach – I think most of Philadelphia will give him some praise. I mean, it's not like he left on a bad note. He's the one that got fired. It's not like he was like, screw you, Philadelphia. I'm out of here. I'm going to go coach this team. So he's always, you know, and Philly's, Philly loves him just because he's kind of like a goofball, and I don't know. So I think he gets praise. What are your thoughts? I mean, I called him Poopy Peterson for so long for a reason. <laughs> so I digress. So but yeah. I'm glad he's doing well. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad he's back in the NFL. I'm thankful yeah. for the Super Bowl. But yeah. honestly, when it's all said and done, it was time to go. So, yeah. is what it is. Um, all right, brother. Well, we'll see if the Phils get in. We'll see if the Burrs jump to 4-0. Appreciate it as always. You're the man. All right. You got a quick oh, you spread, of spread love. Oh, you got to spread the love. Yeah, sorry. Go. 
Quick spread of love. Just got to give a shout out. Um, we lost a great person the other day. Um, Fran O'Brien, the owner of Roach and O'Brien, uh, passed away yesterday. Uh, he was battling away with some medical issues, but he was just such a great guy. Remind me a lot of my father. Just always took care of everyone. And he's going to be sorely missed. He has raised a great family. Uh, by many, he was just a great guy, a man of the community, and one of the best cheeseburgers ever created, which if you saw the outside, you would think never a great cheeseburger could come from there. But it was truly phenomenal. But it was the people that made his establishment great. And he's going to be missed. And, um, you know, so rest in peace, Fran. Have a drink with all the people up there. We all know who they are. And, um, you know, thoughts and prayers go out to the O'Brien family today. So thanks for letting me spread the love. Well said, John Mead, and I know there are quite a few times in early podcast days where I would go to the radio station in Des Moines, <laughs> dial, dial you up, and you'd have to tell me to hold on because you had to set your beer down and go out to your car to record a podcast before you went back into Rochi. So. <laughs> well, I mean, listen, I'm, I'm here to tell the truth, and I can say that is not a Maury Povich. That's a lie. That is the straight truth. For <laughs> and, sure. uh, and I bet if some listeners went back and found some of those episodes, there might have been one or two where you might have had one too many prior to getting on. There's that's certainly in the wrong <laughs> realm of uh, the strong realm of possibility for sure. Thanks uh, for bringing that up, Joe. You got it, buddy. Well, hey, safe travels to you and your hockey team. Where are you headed today? Uh, preseason game against the Dallas Stars and Sunday in Milwaukee, the first ever hockey game from Fiserv Forum, home of the Bucks. Huh. Little neutral okay. site preseason game against the Chicago Blackhawks. The regular season will be here before you know it. All right. You got all right. it. Appreciate all the support. Thanks for tuning in. For John Mita, Joe O'Donnell, go birds, go Phils. Till next time, we'll see you.